God, it's a long song. Yeah, they uh, they play it on thick there. Oh, yeah. Dude, I had to take another shit. I don't know how they fucking do it with that stupid fondue. Folks, this is the Dude Man Podcast. We started oh. classy. We do it right. Uh, this is for the kids and for the grandparents. <sighs> dude, that fucking fondue, the one thing that pissed me off the most is you're like, I'll take the steak. No, don't they get the meat in... at the fondue place. That's where you went wrong immediately, man. You got to go vegetables and bread. But they get with the vegetables. But, dude, it comes with, like, uh, they're like, oh, you either get four ounces or seven ounces. Seven ounces of steak. I have shit maybe 300 ounces worth of food. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys did it. I must it's be losing cheese. weight. No, I, have, I have shit dude. so much since I've eaten that food. <laughs> It was the smallest little thing is seven ounces. <laughs> I will literally go eat two burritos. I'll eat a fucking gyro plate. Oh, man, I'm telling you, it was box. the cheese. You got hit by the cheese, dude. It's the cheese mixture. The, you know, the dairy is too much dairy. It's That's the why cheese and the oil. Huh? Fondue like the is, I'm telling you, fond don't, people. You don't oh, want to do it. I, I still smell like the fucking oil, too. That's the worst <laughs> part. Can't get that fucking smell off my skin. I can't, I can't believe the fondue is back. I'm actually, I'm happy about it. You know, it means. Oh, fuck the French, dude. People God around the world. The and one thing, okay, one thing I can't get answered <laughs> here, Frank. Hopefully, you know, you know, you know the f- shit. I know you'll know this answer. <laughs> fondue. Is this like, is this like an American French thing? Or if I go to France, am I going to see a lot, like. Like, you know how you come to Chicago, everywhere you go, there's a beef and, and hot dog. Every corner. That's right. You know? Yeah. Is that like in France, everywhere you go, there's a bunch of f***ing sticking sticks and pots? Or is that like an American thing? Let me tell you. You know what I mean? Let me tell you about culture here. All right. <laughs> this is the truth. Yeah. When it comes to cheese. All right. If you're cutting off a slice, even if it's a little gooey, and you're putting on a cracker, you're, uh, you're doing something European. If you're dunking a piece of meat in a bowl of cheese goo, <laughs> you're in America. You see that what I'm saying? That was what I was saying, dude. You see what I'm saying I was here? Like, <laughs> if you're dunking a hunk of meat in, some, in a pot of cheese goo, you are in America. Yes. If, you're, if you're cutting off... Some gooey brie and putting it on a nice little baguette, you're in Europe. See what I'm saying? There's a huge difference in culture. That's what I that's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's everybody here is three hundred plus pounds and go take a look at the folks in uh France. A little bit on the okay. lighter side, not gonna lie. More svelte, if you will. So they're not really doing the fondue. I think if even if they are doing the pot of gooey you know, fancy cheese, you're not doing it in the gigantic cauldron that everyone's consuming here in America. You know, you <laughs> get it's the, not cheddar. You're getting the little, yeah, you're getting the little crock pot thing, right? With, you know, like, yeah, I, you literally brought me a, a pot of melted cheddar cheese, and I'm just fucking and you're, dipping. You're dunking in the, you know, the Oscar Mayer wieners into it. You know, like, oh, I wish they had wieners, dude. No, they give us fucking apple slices, dude. I don't have fucking apple slices. <laughs> The fuck kind of shit is this? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> the fondue saga continues, folks. This is incredible. <laughs> Mike's doing the show live from the toilet. I, I can't leave it. 
And, Jesus uh, Christ, I had seven ounces of fondue, and it's fucking killing me. I lost 30 pounds. Well, and because it was fondue, and we're being inter- you know, uh, continental here, we'll call it uh, live from the toilet. All right, just for Mike. <laughs> live from the Louvre. <laughs> the Louvre? No, that's, a, that's an art gallery. <laughs> uh, to me, it's all the same. <laughs> Oh man, well that's rough, dude. Yeah, I don't do the fondue. I'm uh, not a fan. I, I, again, I went down that route many years ago, probably about twenty years ago, <laughs> and I learned my lesson as a young man. And now, I, if I ever were to get the fondue invitation, it's a hard pass for me. Hey, uh, speaking of museums, you know what uh, contract we landed is? Uh, uh, was it the the museum of uh, no, natural, history? natural history? Yeah, natural history. Yeah. All right. So man. your boy over here is gonna be unclogging their toilets when they clog up. Nice man. I'm gonna be rotting their sewer lines. That could be an educational visit every single time. A little. Well, uh, I'm little... there. I get to look at my ancestors in the Neanderthal section. <laughs> That's right. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, the father. Could, the father's compare father. Compare our back hair patches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that nose looks similar. <laughs> Dad? <laughs> Calabrese? <laughs> that unibrow just screaming Southern Italian. <laughs> oh, man. So, uh, I was... <laughs> it's a big joke in Chicago. I've heard it from so many people. How do you tell the men apart from the women at family reunions? <laughs> oh, that's a rough one. For the Italians? And the answer is the men have the thicker beards. Oh. The mustaches are all the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of, uh, fellas and ladies and ladies who look like fellas, uh, I was watching the NBA this week and they couldn't stop talking about the preseason for the WNBA because somebody made their preseason debut. Mike Brittany Griner is back in the season. She's on the team. I don't know what team she plays for, but they were making a (laughs) big deal. Nobody knows, but they were making a big deal. She's headlines everywhere. I didn't get nothing to clip. I didn't really care that much, but I thought it was funny that in one of the articles I did read, might have been on ESPN, they discussed how uh, she was excited to play. I think she may have scored something like 10 points. She had a nice little outing out there, and in her interview post-game, she uh, happened to mention how, you know, uh, the Star Spangled Banner, the national anthem, kind of, you know, hit a little different. This time around. No. Yeah, man. Yeah. She had to mention it because she's famous for being big on the kneeling for the national Ooh. anthem and the flag before she was arrested. She was anti What hit a little harder, the American national anthem or the black national anthem? <laughs> Lift all heels and wings up to the sky and fly. What's the name of the song? I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Something along those lines. Uh, I, th- I think I know the title, but I can't say it because it involves the N word. <laughs> I just saw it. I saw Brittany Griner all over. They they showed her highlights on Sports Center, and you know, just uh, they kept everybody mentioned how Brittany Griner, you know, just 
uh, the national anthem hit a little more close, a little closer <laughs> to home for her this time. Or she they zoom more in, res- and now she's crying. A little more respect. Uh, and and uh, well, I tell you, man, I can't even imagine. I know exactly what she felt, man. The greatest words I ever heard in my life were on that plane, and that pilot just he comes on the intercom and he says, "Ladies and gentlemen, we just entered U.S. airspace. Welcome home." It was the greatest when you, when you're when you're overseas in a country you don't want to be in. You, you know, you, it, it's you're there forever. And you don't know if you're coming home or when you're coming home. And it's like, and then that pilot says, "You are now in U.S. airspace." The 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 crowd the the plane erupts and the feeling for some reason you don't know it's an arbitrary line in the air. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. It's man. just this it's an arbitrary line that some guy just decided that this is where US airspace started. But the minute when that guy said it, it, it must, I, I want to cry right now just thinking about it. It was the most beautiful thing I ever heard. I've never felt that that f- feeling of just such relief. The whole world just lifted off your shoulders. You know, it was like ah, and, and, and I remember it because then we had like a long, we still had a long way to go to Texas. And, that, and like, after everybody cheers and erupts and everything, like maybe 30 minutes later, everybody's asleep. Because <laughs> it's like, you just, I don't know, you feel safe and comfortable. Wow. You, just, you know what I mean? It was like you were up the whole ride. And the journey back takes two, three days. So they say it and it's just like, man, oh my God. You know, and I hope Brittany Griner, I truly do. I really hope she felt that. Same I know she feeling. did. I get, dude, Frank. I guarantee you, it's like a mother's hug. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're just America is home. It's pretty and, something else, man, to really think about. And I don't think a lot of people get to experience or feel that. Do you know this guy uh, Ramaswamy? He's running for uh, the Republicans. He's like going to challenge Trump, I think, but he probably has no chance. God, better change his name. Jesus you know who he is. We covered him. <laughs> He's the guy who got into that uh, uh, race history battle with Don Lemon when Don Lemon still had a job on oh, CNN. Yeah, you remember? Yeah, yeah, and he's yeah. the uh, he's Indian American, and so he's running for uh, president. And uh, he's kind of like the Andrew Yang of the right. He's got some kind of more radical ideas that are, you know, probably uh, more popular people in the center. But uh, he suggested uh, in an interview uh, this week. I thought it was fascinating that um, we move the age to vote to 24 or 25. I can't remember the exact age, uh, but we'll say 25. Or uh, you serve for uh, a a tour in the military at 18, and then you are allowed to vote. Dude, wow. Or or on top of it, you take the aptitude uh, civility test that all immigrants have to take, and you pass that. Okay, so I don't like that. Well... Okay, I just I just watched Starship Troopers the other day. Oh, great dude. flick, man. Great fucking yeah. movie, dude. One of the greatest movies ever fucking Seriously, made. Seriously, that shit still holds up today, huge dude. Huge fan of Starship Troopers. Oh, I'm ready to kill some bugs right now. Jesus <laughs> Christ. That's what made you join the army, man. <laughs> yeah, well, fuck the jingle. You Con- need another Starship Troopers. Contrary <laughs> to popular belief, be all that you can be. <laughs> No, dude, but uh, one of the things they do in there is you could only vote if you're a citizen. 
And the only way to get your citizen to be a citizen is to serve. Yes, that's and exactly I, I, it. Oh, that's what I he's suggesting here. And I think what he meant with the aptitude test or the civility test, people who are already over the age, I think, I, I believe you should be required to take that test to vote. I think, well, you're going to have to have a test for people who are like handicapped, just not able to. It, to, to no, 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 not. I'm, I'm talking about the, uh, there's a test that all immigrants have to take about American right. history. And I think all the adults, yes, this is, all adults, if you're going to vote, should have to take that test. You should just pass that test. Know something about the fucking country, the history, and what various little things mean in government. If you can pass that test, then go ahead and vote. I, I, Because I don't think people know anything about how our government works. I think you should have to serve. I think because you've never had skin in the I, 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 I No skin in the game, I think you yes. Should, I think we should start... <clears throat> First, you... <laughs> Sorry, I had to get that out. We should start with, you cannot be a federal politician, federal level. You can't be a congressman. You can't be president unless you serve. Some sort of service. I think ROTC, some sort of, you did something, you know. No, fuck ROTC. You got to go do four years, three to four years, Army, Navy, Air Force. I don't care. Sure. Marines. It's got to be something. Well, you know, I, the one thing you learn in the military is you can never lead until you learn how to follow. I, I do so know that you're... You, you know. <laughs> they do this in Israel, all, all these countries. Uh, do you know who Lori Markinen is? He was drafted by the Bulls several years ago. Uh, he was considered a bust, got traded to the Utah Jazz uh, last year. He had a breakout huge season. He's doing great. In the uh, He had to leave because he's uh, doing his uh, service for, I can't remember the country he's uh, from, like... Finland or some shit. He's required to serve like two years or a year, so he's doing it. He's fulfilling his service. Oh, you should, dude. You should have to put some stake in the. One of the big problems with America is everybody wants, wants, wants. You're entitled to this government shit. What have you ever done for the government, for the country, other than be born and just exist? Well, you like you haven't done anything. How about this, man? We got this flux, massive influx of migrants. Why don't we sign them up for the fucking military? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they should. I mean, that is the you, greatest. You all get citizenship if you do two years in the military right now. I think you should have to serve to vote. I, it's I, a great I mean, idea. Because I pers- or uh, he's saying. Now I think- you have, you have, especially Congress. You're able, Congress, you're able to vote to send young men and women to war. Your ass has never been on the line. Your ass has never been there hoping people don't send you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so to never have been in that position, you should never be allowed now send other people you know it's it's because you're gonna think twice you know when you listen to dan you know what i I listened to i heard dan crenshaw talk about ukraine the other day and what was his take on the ukraine because dan crenshaw gets a lot of shit on the right for being a rhino and someone who's a sellout republican he had he believe it or not it was very much like trump it was a very much of a uh this 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 is kind of just a nonsense war it doesn't need to be going on and it's more like, I, I just think when you listen to people who have been in the service talk about Ukraine war, I mean, for, have you ever heard me say anything about somebody being right or wrong in Ukraine? Except uh, Trump was correct on his take. And no, 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 but I'm talking about like, I'm talking about like uh, Putin Zelensky. Have you ever heard no, me say no, one there's, is right, there's one no, is wrong? Nobody's right. And it's like the people who have actually been in the military, they understand and they're looking at the situation as. This is a, this is just tragic because all these guys on the bottom are being used as pawns. Yes. And this shouldn't be going on. 
What's crazy this, about the this Trump should have ended two weeks after it started. The Trump town hall and his take on Ukraine, I think, may have been the the worst part of it for the Democrats because they ex- it, it it suddenly became you know Trump and his methodology to handling these world affairs, as was apparent during his four years in office. You know, very much a negotiator, very much a business deal a business maker. Man. You know, yes. and uh, that was kind of his take. You know, it's crazy too what i took away from his town hall and now that we've had you know we had the four years of trump obama before that you and i very much remember the bush years and then now we're through this biden fiasco trump's political time in office and if he comes back and you know people historically will refer to his take on politics as trumpian yeah and and Pete, there's you just almost said it yourself. Dan Crenshaw, almost a Trumpian like politician. It's kind of crazy when you think about it. Trump is like the Nicolas Cage of politicians in the modern era. He's got his own his whole own style. Oh, uh, go poli- fuck yourself, yeah, with Nick Cage. Yeah, I just couldn't wait to bring him up. Huh? You got to bring him up it every comes, fucking nine episodes. Comes back to Nick Cage, the greatest actor of all time. <laughs> Well, you see, if I was in Ukraine, I would have just gone. I'd have killed everybody by myself. I'm Nick Cage. <laughs> yeah, man. Trump, he's the Nick Cage of the political theater, I'm telling you right now. And uh, speaking of theater, uh, here in uh, Colorado, it's been uh, overcast and raining nonstop. It's raining right now. We've had insane flooding going on. It's spring, Frank. And uh, Yeah, but it's usually not like <laughs> that here in Colorado. I'm just telling you. <laughs> It's been unusual. Okay, you were right about the cloud seeding, but that doesn't mean every single day they're cloud seeding. I've seen it. I've seen it going on. But regardless, (laughs) the rain is unprecedented, as they're calling it, and we are having unprecedented flooding as a result because our infrastructure is not designed for the amount of rainfall that is falling consistently here in Denver and in Colorado. It has been... Absolutely insane. We've had 14 days. they got to replenish the river. It's obviously government-funded. I know that's what they're doing. Regardless of that, last night, uh, you know, the rain was pouring down. No, it was Friday night. It was uh, the continuous overcast, the continuous rain, and Emma and I were talking about maybe going out, entertaining ourselves a little bit. And I said, oh, you know, uh, the third uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is out and we love Chris Pratt and is it out? Oh. Yeah, and we and I like the Guardians of Galaxy of the Galaxy movies. I thought they kind of stand alone a little bit Number outside. Number 2 was a little a little weird. Yeah, I wasn't too much into the it. God. A little too much. Although what's his name? I do love what's yeah, his that's name. Yeah, so I'm talking about Kurt Russell like it was, you know. Kurt I, Russell, yeah. I dig it. I'm saying I dig the Guardians of the Galaxy. I like what they do. They kind of stay away from the woke shit. Again, Chris Pratt, uh I'm always down. So we looked up the times Two hours and 30 minutes on this movie, Ooh. man. Get the fuck Ooh. out of here. What Oof. the hell? Two hours? You're doing a comic book movie. Two and a half yeah. hours? Oh, get out of here. Uh, I'm sorry. I, it was, even Chris Pratt couldn't sell me on this one, man. I, it was a hard We didn't do it. You guys need a Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> Lawrence Fishburne? Is that the guy from Event Horizon?
went home. We called it a night. I thought, you know, I thought oh, that's cool. We'll smoke joint and hang out and watch a little Bill Maher. No Bill Maher. What the? F- this guy takes vacation. No, are you ready? Because there was yeah. no SNL either on Saturday night. I forgot. Oh my you god! Forgot. We all forgot, dude. Everybody's forgotten. I told you it's this would the happen. The writer strike. Yeah, man. The writer strike. Oh, that's strike, so funny. Dude. Bill Maher can't do his show without his writers. Nobody's doing their shows because of the writers, and I fucking oh, forgot. Wow. It, it it took a Bill rainy Maher, day. Bill Maher, you fucking pussy, dude. You need <laughs> writers. Yeah, our show is like thirty percent funnier than yours. It's just <laughs> it's two drunk losers talking. It I dawned on me as I was looking up stuff to watch on TV, and I thought we're we're definitely not going to cash in a hundred bucks to fucking see two and a half hours of Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Like, get the fuck out of here! So, like, we're gonna hang out at home. Oh, there's nothing on that's new because there's the writer strike, and I thought, holy shit, I forgot the fucking writer strike was going on. <laughs> These fucking losers! There, I knew this would happen. Oh my god, that's your, so fucking your funny. Entertainment dude. was such trash for so many years now nobody even knows you're gone oh, that's how bad it. it is you know we talk well, here, about for, the, for those that are missing bill maher uh let me let me give you your little fix here i can't believe the people they vote for donald trump he tried to end democracy <laughs> that's all you need that's it He's- the people they should be smarter it's uh, I'm telling you right now, I didn't realize it. And you know, we love clipping Bill Maher on the show, but like, I just kind of uh, it didn't phase you know me. Gets, you know what gets me about Bill Maher? Like, I finally nailed it the other day. Is like listening to him, dude. You're an elitist. You are such an elitist. You literally spend your whole time talking about the people. I can't believe the people. You know. And all these fucking people in your audience are clapping like fucking seals. <laughs> they don't realize you're talking about them. Everybody watching your show, everybody, all your fans, you're talking about them. The people are stupid. You think you're better and smarter than the people. You know? It's such an elitist. I, I like, I don't know. I hate. And then the way he talks about it. Is like, I just don't think we. Uh, I said this at the beginning of this writer strike, which is. The writing is what's been so bad about all entertainment. I sit there and mock everything Emma watches on Netflix. I turned off and unsubscribed from all the bullshit. I can't watch it anymore. I have no interest in seeing the Ant-Man. I have have no interest in seeing... It's so funny. I was just about to say, like, I started watching a great show. Do you know what it is? It's a fucking English-dubbed Japanese show Yes, everything Emma's watching is, like, South African. You guys suck. Yes. Yes. Nothing out of America that is entertaining or interesting. French are beating you. It's disgusting. Come on, guys. The biggest show last year was that Korean show where they kill everybody. Remember Squid Games? Squid yeah. Games. Who doesn't saying? like watching Asians die? <laughs> oh my god! We're gonna have There's to cut that in post. Them. Thanks, production team. <laughs> <laughs> too many of them chinks. We need some of them to die. Uh, off, you know? No, I don't know if that's bleepable or not. Uh, it's just I, uh, you know, I found it interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Did you say you don't know if it's bleepable? One thing we've learned over the past couple of years, you can be as racist and, and as discriminatory as you want towards Asians. You can even ban them from your college. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> They're too successful. 
So I, I, I was perusing the, the, you know, the cable, and I was like, wow, I didn't even realize. I, I can't even remember the last time Bill Maher was on. And I started to think about how, like, Bill Maher, the last thing I thought about him or saw, he was trending on Twitter because he has this crazy, insane Trump derangement syndrome where he can't let it go. It was a clip of him on his uh, club random, and he's chatting with um, – Dr. Phil, I think, and he couldn't like fathom why Dr. Phil supported Trump and didn't understand like, you know, uh, anything that was going on. It, it, this obsession with Trump is just I don't get it. I'll be totally honest. Like I don't see how you know like you and I, I, I No, no, no. I keep telling you, dude, it's the ex-girlfriend. It's the guy who's in love with the ex-girlfriend. You know what? There's a brainwashing going on. It, and... Think about it, right? Like we never think about him. Never think about him. He comes up in the news. That's when you start thinking. But I'm not like waking up thinking about Donald Trump. Right? Yes. But Rob but Reiner like, wakes up in a cold sweat at three in the morning yes. and tweets about Trump. Yes. And it's, I can't believe what she did. I just, she, I Donald know, Trump I found another guy. I know. They I, found another guy to date. It's like, dude, I think you're still in love with her. I just. I, I hate her. I hate her. I, I don't know. <laughs> For me, I'm just trying to say, like, as I observe, I keep thinking in my head, where is this obsession? Where is this derangement? Where is this brainwashing coming from? Because I am in the neutral spot where I see fault and I see just two, again, two teams in the same league. I see Biden and Trump as quarterbacks on two teams, one's on the NFC, the other's on the AFC. They both play for the NFL. Yeah. And when the season's over, they're hanging out in the offseason, having drinks at the bar, laughing oh, about what went no, on. Yeah, no, Do you no, know what I'm saying? The, the one so, quarterback's going to the other yeah, quarterback's so, for the barbecue, the right. kids play so together. We're both, we're both yeah. on the same track here, okay? But where, where I keep thinking, I treat, keep trying to put myself in other people's shoes. Where does this insanity come from? Why is Bill Maher obsessed? Where are these people around me? Where do they have this derangement with Trump? Why? Where are they getting this information fed to them? My God, it's MSNBC. Talk to me about the relationship between misinformation and authoritarianism. Yeah, it's absolutely fundamental. Um, that And Trump is a superb <laughs> propagandist. And he's also a cult leader. And this is really important. And it's, it's, you know, people yeah. don't quite know how to cover him as a cult leader. And the thing about the cult leader is that they induct. Tell me how you really feel about the guy. Yeah, I know. Holy what do you mean? What? <laughs> Unbiased news, I presume? What the fuck? Should they use their campaign events for different purposes than somebody like a Joe Biden? They're using their campaign events to indoctrinate people into believing that only they have the truth. Or they're. Are you looking in a mirror right now, MSNBC? I because mean... it kind of sounds like you're projecting. What you uh, do <laughs> to the other side? Like, yeah. are you not the propagandist? You you're calling any opposition the end of democracy? <laughs> it hangs on a, a thread. Threat to democracy. <laughs> so, democracy on the balance. It hangs by a thread. What are you guys talking about? You've called this guy a Nazi and Hitler. Like, what are you? What do you mean? Insurrectionist, Jan Six. Like, holy He's crap! A cult leader. A cult leader? Like, look, I got my issues with uh, Joe Biden currently. The man is single-handedly destroying our country, but I'm not calling him a cult leader. 
Nah. Well, nobody follows him. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Fauci's another story. That man leads a cult. That was a cult leader. Yes, without a doubt. He even looks like Kavorkin. I'm actually the one that bought the island from Epstein. <laughs> My followers are all going to come. <laughs> it has exemplary uh, cages for dogs, especially beagles. <laughs> Be surprised. Mandate? No, there's no mandate to come in for the superiors. <laughs> I don't need the vax. But the sheep, I mean the followers. The followers, they're going to need five. Five <laughs> shots. Get your boost! <laughs> Our lives, right? So misinformation, disinformation, propaganda is at the very heart of authoritarianism. And it's not just... People Hold on, they don't even understand. Like, what, what, Do they understand what, what they're talking about what they're doing, though? You're literally no, 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 describing what you're doing, like, though. Propaganda's I, at the heart of your regime, of your authoritarianism. I, 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 tried to, I tried to get through this to mom. Like, just the fact that... The fact that they manipulated the term misinformation to mean anything that doesn't agree with the left. That is in itself Orwellian. Absolutely. That is the Orwellian act. You don't even realize they did it to you. It's the double they thing. They brainwashed you into using misinformation and disinformation in all of these words just to mean things that don't agree with the left. Mm. It's not misinformation to say masks don't work. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's right. It just didn't agree with their narrative. It's not disinformation to say that blacks are not under threat from whites. It just doesn't agree with your narrative. That's right. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I'm just curious. I'd like to throw it out there for the world. What happened to fake news? Oh, uh, it died with Trump. Now it's all real. There's no more fake news, just like there's no more birthing persons. It's so amazing how yeah, fast wow. these terms that they try to force on us. And well, no, Donald Trump heads. was the one that came up with fake news. No, fake news was started originally, I believe, by the left, and he co opted it and took it. Because it was, he kept calling CNN, MSNBC, all of them fake news. I love, I love listening to the MSNBC clips because that's like literally our parents' opinion. I tell them all the time, I don't even need to know your opinion. I can just listen to MSNBC. We're listening to it right now, and that's why I'm. That's why I I snagged this clip. I want people out there to understand, like when you're dealing with people who are obsessed with Trump and you don't understand why, it's because they are consuming this propaganda, the propaganda of the state media of MSNBC, where they are telling you. They're telling the viewer and the listener, Trump is a propagandist, and he's an authoritarian. Don't listen to this authoritarian <laughs> propagandist information, no. <laughs> no, no, this is legit. This is the real info, and if you listen to anything regarding Trump, and if it's positive, that is propagandist, and that's authoritarian, you see? It, it, yeah. it, the, the pretzel twisting of the mind and the logic it is crazy, and logic is the key here. And it's not just getting people to believe one or two lies. It's actually changing the way they think and how they make associations. So one thing is uh, every authoritarian tries to change the perception of violence, making it into something positive. And you know, it kind of reminds me. Kind of like the peaceful protest, you fucking cunt. Are you looking at Are you looking at some clips from MSNBC like two years ago when you were describing the mostly mostly peaceful? 
mostly peaceful but fiery protests going on oh during the summer God. of love rage riots that took place throughout the fucking summer where it's everyone... a mostly peaceful protest a couple guys threw molotov cocktails you but it's fuck... mostly peaceful are you looking in a mirror right now what are you projecting they were freezing is... bottles of water <laughs> and throwing them at cops can, can we re- can we bring up some footage of Chaz, please? Can I just take a shot? Of, I'd like to take a look at Chaz. What happened, uh, Frank, Chaz? We, Frank, we would break to the Chaz live report, but our reporter has been raped and murdered. Do you hear this? Folks, we are living in Orwell's 1984. This is state media telling you alternative media is the authoritarian media you are being fucked with in real time man this is ketchup on the wall this is he told you to inject bleach they are messing with your heads and you don't even know it you're spinning because the information is so inconceivably illogically wrong but they are forcing it down your throats and you can't handle the lies it is just a tidal wave after tidal wave of lies and misinformation and while they are just bombarding you with this they are telling you no everything else is misinformation everything else is not is state media everything else is propaganda this is not propaganda but it's propaganda catch up on the wall catch up on the wall <laughs> catch up on the wall do you not see it it's top of mind top of mind people so trump's been doing this uh, in the cnn town hall he said oh the you know the rioters had love in their hearts well they had love in their hearts for him as a cult leader but he's been doing this kind of thing since 2015 at his rallies, uh, pushing violence as something positive. So that's that's an example. It's very, very dangerous uh, and it's going to continue. Right. And when you have changed people's minds into that alternative reality, it then makes sense as a logical conclusion that you say something like, I, I would pardon most of these rioters, or I believe that they are owed a government apology because then that becomes a through line of your illogic. Yeah, through line for your ill logic. So here's what gets me about this. And uh, I've been wrong on a few things. Uh, I keep, uh, you know, mistaking who this face is that Big Brother is putting on this telescreen for two minutes of hate. It's Trump. Trump is the face of two minutes of hate. These people are psychotic. They have lost their minds. The second this man's face enters the telescreen, the people start hissing and yelling and screaming, throwing profanities, losing their minds. Uh, Rob Reiner's having cold sweats at two in the morning. Uh, you know, like people are freaking out over this guy, this face, this phantom image. Trump to these people, listen to this. He's a cult leader to these people. You know what's going to be really interesting? I didn't think about this. I keep trying, and I and I, I've done it on the show. I keep trying to tell you. This is how they acted towards Bush. Until Obama won, and even during that first term, it wasn't until Trump came along and took the place of the villain. Right? Yeah. Now, the difference is, during Bush, you still didn't have, like, the mass social media. Right? Then, that was the era of, like, the young people were using social media, so nobody was really talking politics. That's right, man. And then during Obama... That's when the social media really took off amongst the political savvy age groups, you know? So that's when you started to see a lot of more political things online. And then during Trump, it all turned on him. So that's when you got to see, okay, Trump's the Hitler, Trump's the this and that. And the, one, of the, one of the big problems is when somebody says Trump is Hitler, I can't go back and find a tweet and be like, yeah, but you also said Bush was Hitler. 
Right. You know? Great what's gonna call, be man. What's going to be great is, like, let's say DeSantis takes it, and then he becomes president. Now you're going to be able to look back and be like, yeah, but remember, you tweeted for three years that <laughs> Trump was the devil That's right. and Hitler. But now, now, now you're saying DeSantis? I, I kind of think you're just referring to any Republican as the devil or as Hitler. You know what I mean? So, so wow. Trump kind of came in at a weird spot where you know, now after him, we're finally going to be able to prove it's, you know, because our parents are the, are, the, are the most stereotypical Democrats. They'll look at you and be like, I'm an independent. I vote for whoever. <laughs> the, the, the Republicans, they just never put up a good candidate. If the Republicans right. put up a good candidate, I would vote for that Republican. What about the sanctimonious? <laughs> and they're like, they're like, what about, you know, they could put up somebody like Liz Cheney or oh, Kasich. I would, I would vote for a Kasich or a Liz Cheney. Kasich. And you're like, all right, all right. Like, I can't wait for the next Republican to be the devil and Hitler. And then I could go back and show mom, like, everything she said about Trump. Great Because now we have all like the, the evidence, you know? We have the tweets. That's what we got. Right. That's a great call, man. Uh, the social media we're, aspect, we're, man. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that attracted me to the Republican Party is the Republican Party will always tell you, okay, Biden came in. The stock market's going to take... Uh, the stock market's going to take a hit. The economy's going to take a hit. This is going to be no good for this. I mean, no good. They, they, they're never like, Biden won? That's it. We're going to be an authoritarian state. Yes, this is Hitler 2.0. This is like, point. you know what yes. I mean? No, no. They're just open about what's going to happen and what's not going to happen. That's what you know? I, I can't get across to other people on the other side, which is in the middle. And then on the right, you, you look at the people on the other across and you're like, we don't see Mussolini and Hitler and Stalin when you guys take over. We just see, fuck, we're screwed for four years. Like, literally, <laughs> when Biden won, before he even took office, every, everybody on the right was talking about, we're going to have problems with the border, we're going to have problems with the economy. Yes, th that's Those it. are the two things we're having problems with. Border and Nobody economy. said, they're going to lock you into cages, we're going to fucking do the Holocaust in America, this is Hitler, you know what I mean? However, I do want people uh, on the other side to understand understand like the reason a lot of people in the center went to the right is because we feared if more people on the left took over you guys would lock us into cages if we didn't get the vaccine passport you literally tried to lock us in our home we really feared being ostracized from our communities because we didn't take your fucking poison yeah and now hey look how's that poison working out for everybody right now Everybody get their booster shots? <laughs> everybody, is everybody feeling alive from their booster shots? <laughs> no, I love, the, I, I love this idea, dude, because I live in this democratic place where I was the villain for not taking the shot. And now COVID's just over, Frank. We yeah. don't even need boosters anymore. And you know what? The Supreme Court just decided that if you got fired for the mandate, it was wrong. So now everybody's getting their job back. So everybody's getting back paid. Frank, it's good. It's, fine. it's all good. We'll all forget. Let's let bygones be bygones. Water on the bridge, right? It's not like we'll do that again, but harder and stronger and faster. It's not like we just beta tested how we're going to fucking lock you down like fucking animals. No way. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Le so Leave these Democrat cities. I'm telling you, you have to.
while maybe it's impossible and maybe uh, there are repercussions for how we treated everybody during the lockdowns in the last few years, the youth are suffering so much so, Mike, that we need to teach Happiness 101 at Yale. This is not a typical science elective for high school seniors, meditating, writing down what they feel grateful for. At the Noble and Greeno School near Boston, Jennifer Hamilton is teaching the science of happiness, modeled after a curriculum first developed... It might as well be called how to be a f***ing You want to be happy, go to fucking work. Go to work. Get a job and go work. Just knew, go to work. I knew Jesus you were fucking Christ. I knew Jesus it. fucking Christ. So you want to know why you're sad? Because you spend every day fucking meditating and thinking about why you're sad. You know who's not sad? Mike the plumber. Doesn't have time to be sad. Doesn't have time to be sad. <laughs> Worked a 12-hour shift one day, come to work the next day expecting an 8-hour, ended up working a 12 and a half, then had to take his girlfriend out, fucking so exhausted he passes out. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, done, done. I don't even have time. I didn't even have time to be sad. <laughs> then you have time to be sad. Go to work. That's Quit being a f and go to work. You have way too much time to think about yourself. Go to work. Jesus Christ. And that's happiness 101 with Mike the Plumber, folks. You got a free lesson, people. Did, did it cost you fucking twenty thousand dollars, like Yale? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can sum it up in five seconds. Go to work. Quit being a pussy, go to work. I knew you would love this because I love oh. the idea of spending. You imagine going to your dad after you see he just spent fucking $500,000 for your semester at Yale. And you're like, <laughs> no, I took happiness 101, dad. Let's study happiness, bro. Dad, I got an A in happiness 101. <laughs> no, 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 I failed automotives, so I can't fix your car. But I'm happy. I can't even change. I can't even change the oil on my car, but I'm, I'm happy, brah. <laughs> Dude, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, folks, well, this is why well, I'm Dad, 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 don't yell at me. I learned in Happiness 101 that I need to just be cool and calm. Nobody yell at me. I'm just, there's a bad vibes. So I'm going to walk away. <laughs> I'm gonna walk away with these bad vibes. Go to your safe space, son. I was like, so. Oh, it's so fucking happiness, ridiculous. folks. You're spending. Get the look, fuck out. If you Dude, this is literally that movie, <laughs> Acceptance, with what's yes, his name, where accepted. he like they yes. all wrote on the board yes. and like they, they, they built like a half pipe and they're like, ah, you're like, get the fuck out of here. What do you mean? <laughs> happiness 101. Oh, folks, this is why America is in such rapid decline. They're paying up the wah fucking zoo at Yale to teach the fucking kids how to be happy. We've lost track with reality. <laughs> that class should be 10 seconds long. You want to know how to be happy? All you fucks are here at Yale. You should be happy. You're privileged as fuck. You're at Yale. You're at Yale. I guarantee you there are people who are smarter than you, but just didn't have the parents or the money the to get money, to Yale, the and they're not at Yale. So you fucking should be happy with your overprivileged fucking life, the fact that you're at Yale. That's right. <laughs> oh, God damn it. You're like, this happiness is going to last forever. Her college class on happiness was the most popular course ever taught at Yale. Now, of course it was! Oh, not an easier A! There's not an easier A out there for a freshman. Coursera. We put a lot of thought into developing strategies. What was the final? You had to smile for a minute? Like, what can they do in the moment to feel better?
It all comes as the CDC in February released new sobering <laughs> statistics. In 2021, more than 40% of high school students reported feeling so sad or hopeless they couldn't engage in regular activities for at least two weeks. Get a fucking <laughs> job! Get a what? Go join a sport! Get outside and get some sunshine! Unless you live in Denver, listen, Colorado, listen, we were raised. We were raised by two barely high, uh, high school educated immigrants. That's right. Right? Uh, yeah. And they, they had one rule for us in high school. You either go get a job or yeah. you play sports. That's right, man. You're not just going to come home and sit there and do nothing. So I, after school, right you get money. a job or you play sports. I, uh, I had a devastating moment in my youth. I quit football, and it was one of the hardest things to admit. Uh, you know, I was too small to continue competing and it was just not I I couldn't I wasn't enjoying the sport and I remember very distinctly admitting it to those around me and then going to the coach it was embarrassing the guy made me feel like total shit for being a quitter oh, fuck Pearl, uh, fuck yeah it was man but uh you know I, like it, it was a rough experience but I remember going home I was quite devastated uh it was essentially the the marking of the ending of my you know my youth and I uh took a look at Pepino and he looked at me and said time to get a job and oh, it's a great moment and, that every Young man needs that moment. You know what? He went... You know what you learned right there, Frank? Before that, your dream was to be an athlete. You're going to be a superstar. Oh, I was going to hit the and home run, right there, the grand slam, the and Pino the ninth slapped day. you in the face with the, hey, you ain't going to be a superstar. Go get a job. Go get a job. And you know what he did? He went out, as a great father should, he went uh, and he was buying some lunch meat at the local deli, and they were looking for help, and he talked to the guy, and he got me a job. Cash, seven bucks an hour. Working after school, four to seven. I'll never oh, forget it. One of the, it's in my top three best jobs I worked in my life. Number one being a landscaper. Uh, I'll never forget those experiences. But he, here's the thing. And $7. this is what gets me about this, the need for the youth to go take a class at Yale to learn happiness. We didn't need that class. We learned it naturally from the people around us, from the adults in our lives who taught yeah. us the meaning of happiness, which is uh, be true to yourself, work hard, be genuine, yes. be honest, earn a, an honest living. And you know what? Uh, be there for your family. Be part of your community. You know, the, no, there's, it's not only that, dude. It's not only simple that. things dude, that make you happy. Listen, when you're 16 years old and your girlfriend breaks up with you, it is the most devastating, the most devastating thing in the world, you know? Oh, yeah, man. And, and you don't want to do anything. You can't even get out of bed. Like, you can't eat. You can't do anything. You're just, you're, you're devastated. And your dad wakes you up on Saturday and says, I don't care how you feel. Go landscape. You're going to feel better. And the one thing it teaches you is it really does make you feel better. If you just go to work, you get your mind off of the things that are bringing you down. I don't know. It's for not me, even work, that, too. For, <laughs> for, for me, work kind of, like, resets me. You know? Work, it's sure. Like, and, and you know what? I'm going to actually take another route with it, but agree with you. Yes, work, I agree. But do you know what? Back in the day when we were younger, guys, uh, in the 90s, right, uh, early 2000s, but even still, I'll, I'm going to go 90s, right? There's a guy out there, down on his luck, not having a good life, hanging out, jerking off too much, 
decides to write the song Basket Case, and he plays in the band Green Day, and they're touring <laughs> the country, living on the road, eating tuna out of a can, doing, you know what I mean? Just like fucking hustling. Oh, what a great but, album, dude. Do you know, and, 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 then, and then they finally land it, you know, and they get the contract, and uh, they make the album, and Dookie is out, and they're the hottest band, and it's just like, you know, back in the day, the young fellas out there took that teen angst and that depression and that sadness and the the loserdom that everybody yeah. goes through at that age, and they turned it into songs. Or they, you know what I mean? Uh, they 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 made art, or they fucking went out there and created yes. something and did something with their lives. Like they didn't just sit there and poo poo and oh woe is me, man. Like it's, people, men, young men used to just go out and do something and and channel that energy into something positive. And now, no, everyone just like goes into their hole, into their safe space, and they're wallowing in their depression, and then they got to go to Yale for $600,000 a year to take a class where it's like, no, you should be happy. Fuck, that's what's wrong with our country. Dude, you know, I have thrown, I probably throw out more CDs on a weekly basis than anybody in the world. (laughs) Really? Wow. And you know why? So this is something you only know if you work in the ghetto. But if you're in the ghetto and you're working in these, like, especially on the south side of Chicago, uh, sometimes on the west side. West side, so west side of Chicago is just, like, straight thugging. Those guys want to sell drugs. Those are gangbangers. No hope. But on the south side, there's a lot of these areas where it's, like, it's thugs and it's gang. It's, well, it's all gangs. But there's, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see these, like, I just saw one uh, yesterday. They're like un- they're like at a at a six way intersection. Oh yeah, right. And it'll be like three four guys, and they'll set up one of those like giant DJ speakers, right? <laughs> yeah. And they're blasting some shitty rap music that you've never heard before. Oh yeah. And it's the it's their album. Oh nice. And then they're walking up and down the streets trying to sell burnt copies of their CD. <laughs> right. Dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, tried to. Ma- I will always buy it. I'll and always buy it. Good stuff, or uh, <laughs> hell, if you're buying, if you're selling it for five, and all I got's a ten, give me two. I'll take two. I never <laughs> listen to it. I don't even have a CD player in my car. <laughs> <laughs> I, I throw them out because the music is dog shit. But, but you, you, but you and your friends got together, and you produced something. And then you made it something. You made a CD, and now you're out there hustling, trying to sell it. Yeah, I'm into I it. Will, I will support that hustle seven days a week. Yeah, man. Seven days a Absolutely. week. Absolutely. You're not out there robbing my truck for the camera so you can sell it on <laughs> Craigslist. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. you're not out there doing all the... Bo- you're, you're living in a time in a city where, as a, as a 16, 17-year-old black man, you can do whatever you want crime-wise. It yeah. won't help you in the long run, right? You're gonna, you could go out there and get any short-term gains you want. The police literally can't touch you. White men can't touch you. Nobody can touch So the fact that you guys are out there trying to hustle, sell your music, sell your CD. Honestly. I always think, like, that's probably how Ice-T started, you know? Like, Ice Cube and, like... Yeah, I'm right Ice on, Cube, I'm right on it with you. I, I totally agree. All the Ices out there, they all, all the kind of... Even, I'm just saying, even so anytime I see those ice, guys, I always buy their CD. Good stuff, Just man. because it's like I want to support that. That's... Not only that, and I, I don't think... Those, those guys I bought the CD from yesterday, none of them are going to be famous rappers. You know what I'm saying? But the mentality and the learning to hustle and sell, 
I guarantee you at least three out of those four guys will be successful in something in their life. I couldn't agree more with you. And when it comes to seeing success in a young fella immediately, uh, I got to say, this happiness thing kind of threw me for a bummer route uh, when I was looking at the youth of America and who's coming down the line. Uh, but then I my faith was rejuvenated uh, because, Mike, you know me. I love a good hero story. We don't get enough modern-day heroes uh, and usually they get convicted for crimes like our fella. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but when it comes to heroes, uh, young fella heroes, I'm a big fan. And this story really hits home. And I think there's a lot of dimensions to this one that people aren't realizing. Uh, this is the school bus hero, my man. It was end of day for students at Carter Middle School in Warren, Michigan. But for those on bus 46 that April afternoon, it was the beginning of an unforgettable ordeal. And all of a sudden, the brakes get slammed. We all were just terrified and shocked. And that's when I like looked up and saw him. Who was it, Batman? No, it was this uh, young kid. He saved these kids. The bus driver had a stroke, and he went and saved, stopped the bus. Seventh grader yeah. Dylan Reeves had grabbed the steering wheel. Soon after, police called the boy's father and stepmother, Steve and Iretta. Are you the parent of Dylan Reeves? And I said, yes. And I go, what do you do? And he goes, no, this is a good <laughs> Like any parent of a good young fella. <laughs> That's how you know he's not a great kid. He's a good kid. Hero, he stopped the bus. Yeah, it's a, this, this is pretty incredible stuff. Yes. And I go, what do you do? And he goes, no, this is a good phone call. Your son's a hero. He stopped the bus. <laughs> Stop the bus? Like, what? What? The officer went on to explain, and security footage shows how Dylan noticed the driver was having a medical emergency, and immediately... They, they can't say stroke, ever. And yeah, all of these... Never say it. Yeah. God forbid we uh, say Jamie Foxx had a stroke. Jo- right? <laughs> Psycho, dude, you suck. God forbid. We can't talk about Jamie Foxx having a stroke because he's a young, yeah. healthy guy. No, can't medical talk emergency. Crying <laughs> from his seat. I just knew what to do in that moment. The bus was swerving off the road. So Dylan took the wheel, hit the brake, and gained control of the situation, saving driver and students. Someone call 911. A true hero, no doubt. But we still had a question. Why didn't anyone else notice what was happening? This is where... This story gets fucking really interesting and scary for our future, folks. Well, turns out... Had my AirPods in. Virtually every kid... I was looking at my phone. ...was on a device. I was on my phone playing a little game. We hear a lot about the consequences of too much screen time. But one thing I never considered until now is the loss of situational awareness. What's happening around them? And yet somehow... At least one kid on that bus instantly recognized what was happening. Any guesses as to why? I know why, because my son does not have a cell phone. And Steve says, that's the lesson here. What else are you going to do when you don't have a phone? You're going to look at people, you're going to notice stuff, you're going to look out the window. It's a very powerful lesson. Maybe yes! a world kind of lesson, I don't know. Yeah. At least a save the bus kind of lesson. And they say reason enough to hold off getting him a phone. For another day. Yes. How do you feel about that? 
Whatever. <laughs> My parents. <are> <laughs> this kid's great. I love this kid. That's cool. But for good reason. I guess. Sometimes even heroes have it hard. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, uh, kid, yes. you're my hero, dude. Yes. You're my hero. This Don't get kid. a phone. Uh, join the military, please. Get a flip phone at least, man. Uh, everybody out there, wow, what a story, what a oh, lesson. Wow. Uh, pay, put down the phones, people. Pay attention around you. You know, you know what's scary, though, is like you could just tell like the way the father was like, what'd he do? Like You could tell this kid he's not a sheep. Yes. This kid is a free thinker, man. Well, this guy. Of course, he's getting uh, into trouble as a kid should. He, you know, he's probably just out there rambunctious doing stuff. He's not consumed by being zombie, zombified into his phone. Uh, and that's dude, Sometimes when I hear people complain about their kids, I think, like, you should be so happy you have a kid that's not following, you know, like. Yes, dude. I, don't I, know. I love this story. A kid story. that's doing his own thing. I love it. Kids want to be like everybody else. So to have one that's just doing his own thing, that's great. That dad should get a medal. Yes. Uh, th- thank you. Your cycle. All I could think is, uh, can we get this dad to talk to Leah Thomas's dad for five minutes? Just give the guy like a rundown. <laughs> uh, get this guy to do a tour through Chicago and teach fucking men how to fucking it's raise their unreal. goddamn kids. Th- this kid is going to grow up and be just such a great contributor to our society. We need oh, it's more. Gonna be a success. Like this. Get these kids off the phones, man. Let's get adults off the phones, dude. The phones are why traffic is so bad. It's why people don't know how to communicate to one another in real time. We have lost the fabric of our society it has crumbled before us because we're all just zombified into these devices, man. And now we have kids like that. Imagine if this kid was on his phone, nobody would have stopped that bus. It's unbelievable when you think about it, man. Like it, We are, as a society, down to just one guy being standing alone, being there to save the rest of us. It's coming down to one guy, the one guy on the train, stopping the Michael Jackson impersonator from accosting yeah. another female. Uh, the one kid on the bus. No, no, hold on, though. No, think about how think about how scary it is that like before it wouldn't be one guy on the bus. It wouldn't be one guy on the yes. subway. It it would be a whole group. We're down. To one. To the one guy. I told you the like, story about the how guy. How far are we from the there face. being nobody? Yes, that's what I'm saying. We are a strand yeah. away. The society is hanging by a yeah. thread, man. Oh, this is equilibrium. This is 1984. This is every like dystopian future where, where everybody just follows the... Yes, the that's, leader, what, that's what's freaking me out about this story is these are kids, by the way. These are seven, eight-year-old fucking kids on a bus. They're zombified already at that Why age. Why do they have cell phones? Yes. Why do you need a cell phone yes. at that age? You it's don't crazy. need it, man. It's fucking crazy. I just think this is scary Dude, shit. In, in my childhood, the best part of my childhood was escaping the family. and just nobody could get a hold of me till curfew. Exactly. Uh, you know? We were in bizarro times, and... Again, this is what's freaking me out. Is the <laughs> nobody one nobody understands that? Like uh, when I talk, I forget who I was, I was talking with. Like the young kids in my class about like growing up without cell phones and everything. That's right, man. And I, and I was like, no, listen, Kyle, Kevin, Diego, they, they couldn't get a hold of me. No, they <laughs> they couldn't. I was gone. I left the house. They couldn't get a hold of me. Maybe they would find me at one of the spas, but they couldn't get a hold of me. But you know what? My parents couldn't get a hold of me either. Nobody could. <laughs> you, know? it was like, you were fucking free. You, you know? Out, wow, you were free. It was freedom. Nobody, I left the house. Nobody could get a hold of me. If I called you on a payphone, maybe. 
but nobody could get a hold of me. It was great. It was like, and you learn how to fucking, you know what you learn? You learn how to leave and then come back at the end of the day and survive. It's like, that's, that's natural. So just make your way around town. Have yourself a day. Entertain yourself. Wow, we, yeah. ha- we have lost the art form of uh, being observant, looking around us, and, you know, seeing what's happening. And I, I keep harping I, on I that. I gotta tell stop. you that attention to detail, it's situation awareness and attention to detail are like two things that are instilled in you in basic training. Well, doesn't it kind of freak you out that maybe we are existing in a complete, like, 80 to 90% of the society is not aware of what's happening around them whatsoever? It's scary. It that's, blows my mind when it happens. But yeah. that's why it makes sense that the government and everything is able to get away with so much crazy shit around us. People are just not, they're yeah. not looking. No, they're distracted. If it's not on their phone, they can't see it. Yes, this should fucking scare everyone. We, and it's not just, I mean, it blows my mind with Nona where I'll say shit, I'll say something for six months and she won't believe me that it's true or even happening. And then she'll see it on the uh, Italian news network. <laughs> that's right, man. She's like, Mike, did you hear about this? It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, what? So it's, yeah. it's even before, like, cell phones. It's like, I don't know. No, when it comes to conspiracy theories, everybody knows this to be fact, which is six months after the conspiracy, it becomes truth, and John Stewart emerges from Stephen Colbert's desk and makes a joke <laughs> about fin- the Wuhan lab. He finishes lab. blowing him. Nobody... <laughs> Nobody even talked about how it looked like he was blowing him under the desk. That's what blew my mind the most about that. Why are you blowing him under the desk?